0: Hey everyone this is annen bergman founder and ceo of iray financial welcome to another episode of adbits where i will be sharing bits of knowledge about self directed retirement if you want to learn more you can subscribe to our youtube channel and follow us on social media just search iray financial hey everyone Today, we got a really good AdBits podcast about tax deferral and capital gains and what are some of the differences and why tax deferral, also known as compound interest, is so important when it comes to retirement savings. Um, so I think this is a really good and important subject because a lot of people have questions about, hey, why should I really save in a retirement account? Isn't it better to generate capital gains from my investments, whether I'm buying Apple stock or a piece of real estate, why should I save in a retirement account? Why do I care about tax deferral? Well, I'm going to start by saying, if you don't listen to me, which you don't have to, uh, who am I? You may want to listen to Albert Einstein because he said, compounded interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He said, he who understands it, earns it. He who doesn't pays it. So Albert Einstein is a pretty smart guy. So if he's telling us that compounding interest, also known as tax deferral, which I'll explain in a minute, is the eighth wonder of the world, I think we all need to pay attention. And it's not just Albert Einstein. It's Warren Buffett. And really, any smart investor understands the power of deferral. And the government, the U.S. government, understands its too. And that's why it's powered the retirement system based off the principle of tax deferral. They understood back in the '70s when they were creating IRAs that in order to incentivize us to save, they need to give us or get, they needed to give us an encouragement, some type of bonus, some carrot that would keep us motivated to save. And the idea was tax deferral, along with a tax deduction, is probably a great place to start. And it is the best way to understand tax deferral is through examples. In short, tax deferral means your money grows faster when it's not subject to tax, right? So I'll use the same basic example. Assuming the capital gains rate is 20%, since we're talking capital gains here. Let's say you earn 100 bucks, okay? And you generate a 10% rate of return. So you lend your friend money, and he pays you $10 back. That's a 10% rate of return on your $100. So now you got $110. If you did that in an IRA, you'd still have $110. If you did that in a personal savings account, and let's say you paid capital gains, forget about uh, ordinary income, you'd only have $108, right? You'd pay 20% on the $10, giving you eight, and now you'd only have 108. 110, always, even my kids know that, is more than 108. 110 is more than 108. Do that for 20, 30, 40 years, you are going to see the huge advantage of tax deferral. So I'll just throw some more examples at you, and then we'll get into capital gains. Let's say you put away $3 a day. $1,095 in a year. You're 25 years old, and you save till 72, and you average an 8% rate of return, okay, which is pretty good. The the average rate of return in the last 90 years, if you invested simply in the S&P 500 would be close to 10%. So conservatively, 8%. Conservatively, let's say uh, the person that made these contributions only puts in $3 a day from 25 to 72. So that doesn't even take into account higher earning potential when you're in your 30s, 40s, or 50s. Let's just keep the example simple, $3 a day. That's a total contribution of $51,465 over the time period, that horizon from 25 to 72. If you did that, you'd have 535,600 when it hit 72. If you did in a taxable account, assuming a tax rate of 25%, you'd have 279,000. If you assume a 20% tax rate, you would have 317,000. So what's more, 535,600 or 317,868, right? Now you can see why Albert Einstein and Warren Buffett are very focused on deferral or compounded interest. Let's use some bigger numbers. Let's say you put away $4,000 a year from 30 to 72. Okay. Very possible. 8% rate of return. In an IRA, you'd have $1.314 million. If you did it in a personal account with subject to capital gains, you'd have only 833,000. So that's basically a $500,000 difference. Okay. So you can see what's going on here. So deferral is good. A Roth IRA means tax-free growth, which is even better because with an IRA, pre-tax IRA, ultimately you'll pay tax, right? When you hit 72 or if you pull the money out of 59 and a half, you're going to pay ordinary income tax on whatever you pull out. Tax-free means in a Roth, if you can hold off taking distributions until over the age of 59 and a half, and you've held the Roth IRA for at least five years, you'll never pay tax on any Roth IRA distribution. So that makes it even sweeter than deferral. Whereas if you invested and saved through a personal account, you would pay ordinary income tax. So let's talk about individual tax rates. If you earn income through providing services, that is called ordinary income tax okay and the ordinary income tax brackets the highest bracket is 37% okay and that was changed it used to be 39% 39.6% it's now 37% and it starts off at 10% and it goes higher and higher as you earn more income okay so for example if you earn between 39 and $84,000 um if you file single, you're going to pay 22%. If you earn between 78 and 168,000, you're going to pay about 22%. Okay. And once you make more than 612,000, you're going to pay more than, you're going to pay 37%. So that's income tax. Ordinary income tax, you pay on essentially compensation for services. You work at IRA financial, you get paid a million dollars. You're going to pay 37% tax on that. Capital gains tax is when you buy and sell a capital asset. Now, capital asset is essentially an investment asset. It's stocks, real estate, even Bitcoin, um, LLC interests, uh, any any capital asset. Okay, so the capital gains tax rates are 15% or 20% if you are in a high income tax bracket. So, capital gains, obviously, you can see why is more advantageous than ordinary income. That's why a lot of investors want to earn capital gains. So again, capital assets essentially are significant pieces of property such as homes, cars, investment property, stocks, bonds, and essentially it provides a lower lower tax rate at 15 or 20 percent than ordinary income tax if you earned income from the performance of services, which has a high tax rate of 37 percent. So, When you look at capital gains, there's two types of capital gains. There's short-term and long-term capital gains. And they have very, very different tax rates. Short-term capital gains means you hold an asset less than 12 months. So you go on Robinhood, you buy Tesla stock today, and you sell it tomorrow. That is called capital gains, but it's taxed as ordinary income. Meaning even though you've bought and sold a capital asset stock, you still have to pay ordinary income tax rates, 37%. Because you didn't hold it at least 12 months. Long-term capital gains, which gets that 15 or 20% tax rate if you're a high-income earner, you have to hold the capital asset at least 12 months in a day. So you buy Tesla stock in 2019, January 2019, and you sell it July 2020. You've held it more than 12 months. You're going to pay 15% tax. Why does the IRS do this? Well, they want to encourage people to hold assets and not just buy and sell them. Um, to hold them more than 12 months. So most of the wealth tied into high net worth people are tied into capital gains. That's why when some of these um, presidential candidates talk about increasing the tax rates on ordinary income and not not changing capital gains, it doesn't do anything. Because even Warren Buffett, I bet he doesn't even take a salary from Berkshire Hathaway. uh, A lot of these top CEOs, they don't take any salary. Why? They make all their money when they sell their stock, which is taxed at 15% or 20%, which is better than 37%. So everyone is focused on capital gains. So when you buy an asset, whether it's stock, piece of property, Bitcoin, if you hold it less than 12 months individually, you're going to pay ordinary income tax. If you hold it longer than 12 months, you're going to pay long-term capital gains, 15, 20%. Now, losses. Short-term capital losses get offset by short-term capital gains. Long-term capital losses get offset by long-term capital gains. So now let's talk about retirement savings versus capital gains. I've heard this from quite a few investors saying, well, I don't really want to buy this asset in an IRA. Uh, I'd rather get my capital gains tax if I bought it personally. So what's their strategy? Well, their strategy is if I bought this in an IRA, ultimately I'd have to pay potentially up to 37% tax on it, right? Because of tax deferral, eventually when I take it out, if I'm in a high income tax bracket, it's ordinary income, I'm going to pay 37%. Whereas if I did it in a private a personal account and I paid capital gains, I can pay 15 or 20%. So the answer in some cases is yes, that may be right. However, when you're selling this asset, you may be in a lower tax bracket. Most people don't earn the same amount at 72 that they do at 52. So you may not be paying 37% at 72. You may be paying 22%. Okay. Now, second point, who's to say what the asset will do? Okay. So real estate there could be losses now losses don't have any benefit in a retirement account so if you are investing in a project that will have a lot of losses up front then yes potentially doing it with a personal account could be beneficial because even if it's capital losses you can offset those losses uh, from other capital gains so that's that is a benefit of using personal money to make certain investments Uh, certain real estate investments where there's a lot of leverage, a lot of um, upfront expenses could generate losses and you may uh, be better off using personal funds and generate capital ordinary losses with respect to that asset versus a retirement account. However, if you are in a Roth IRA and you are able to hold off taking distributions until you're 59 and a half and the Roth's been open five years, then the Roth's going to win every time because yeah, you may not get the the advantage of deductions or losses, but you will get tax-free growth. So as long as you can keep that Roth IRA open five years and be over 59 and a half when you pull the money out, the Roth IRA can't lose. Okay, The only way it loses is if the Roth IRA loses. So if you have a Roth IRA and you make an investment and it does not work out, then you've lost because not only did you lose the value and magic of a Roth IRA, but you lost the ability to generate tax deductions because it was in a retirement account. So that's the only negative of a Roth IRA is the inability to take losses or deductions. So let's kind of bring all this together. So you have two different income tax brackets, right? Income, ordinary income for performance of services, capital gains, short-term or long-term, determining on how long you held the asset. And then you have an IRA or a Roth, right? Deferral versus tax-free growth. So the, a lot of the debate is between long-term capital gains and tax deferral, right? So the idea is, hey, if I just held this asset personally, let's say you bought Apple stock when you're 52 years old and you held it to your 72, you're going to have long-term capital gains taxed at 15%. If you were never buying, if you were never day trading that asset, you probably would be better off in a personal account versus an IRA, because the capital gains tax rate 15% will likely be lower than your ordinary income tax rate. However, if you day trade like Robinhood, Robinhood has taken over. I've done a video on this. Um, it's, it's a basically a commission-free app. Uh, millions and millions of Americans use it. Um, obviously, you can invest through Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, Schwab, and day trade. Day trading means you're buying and selling. You're definitely holding less than 12 months. So you are generating ordinary income in that case if you, you probably should do it in a roth ira or even an ira okay because you're not going to pay tax each time you buy and sell the stock so if you buy apple at ten dollars and sell it at eleven dollars you're going to pay ordinary income tax each time you buy and sell that so if you're day trading 100 stocks a day or 20 or 30 stocks a day you're going to rally up a lot of ordinary income assuming you're successful Okay. So if you are day trading and I've done a video and it's, it's mind boggling how Robinhood doesn't yet offer IRAs. And I volunteered. I said, Hey, uh, Robinhood, reach out to me. I will custody your client's IRAs, um, and make them more tax efficient. So when they're day trading, at least they don't have to pay ordinary income tax on their gains, which is crazy. Cause if they did it in an IRA, there's no income tax. It's all deferred. And if they did it in a Roth and they were over 59 and a half, and the Roth's been open at least five years, it's tax free. So day trading is way more tax advantageous in a retirement account. The only negative is if you need the money to live off and you're under 59 and a half, then you got to pay tax and a 10% penalty. Although the Roth contributions can always be taken out tax free. So it, there are some elements to consider, especially if you're day trading. If you need the money day to day to live, you may have to suck up paying ordinary income tax but there could be better alternatives um, depending on how old you are. If you're over 59 and a half and you've had a Roth open five years, then even if you're day trading, do it in a Roth. You can just pull it out the next day tax-free. So you can day trade, make tons of gains and live off it tax-free. Um, Robinhood needs to be offering IRAs, Roths, and they're not right now. And and hopefully they will soon. Hopefully they let, let IRA financial custody uh, those accounts because we can do a great job. But in any event, when you're looking at an investment and you're deciding whether to invest in it, ordinary income, short-term capital gains, long-term capital gains, or retirement account, obviously holding period matters. If you're going to hold the asset 40 years, um, then maybe doing it as a capital gains personal investment makes sense. You'll get long-term capital gains. If you're going to hold it less than 12 months, uh, an IRA may make sense. If you need the money to live off right away, then if you're under 59.5, then a personal asset may make sense. If you're over 59.5, the Roth will make sense because you'll generate tax-free growth. Um, Or if you're going to be doing a lot of transactions over a long period of time, the IRA is super important because of that tax deferral. Remember the scenario, you start off with $100, generate 10% rate of return, one personal account you're stuck with 108 or eight dollars, 20% tax rate. If you did an IRA, ten dollars. Okay, so imagine doing that for 20, 30 years, as my example show. You want to grow money without paying tax. That is the first thing they teach you as a law student. My first tax court case uh, tax uh, class, I took my second year in law school. That was pretty much the first chapter of the book is deferral. Right. The whole idea is you want to make your clients defer tax, don't pay tax right away, defer it or get deductions or credits. That's the key of being a good tax lawyer. How do you make your clients pay the least amount of tax? Most of it has to do with sheltering the income or generating a lot of deductions or losses. So the IRAs can do both. It generates deductions and can shelter income from tax through the power of deferral or compounded interest. So that's a huge advantage that you wanna use to your benefits, again, Think about types of transactions, high-frequency transactions, IRAs could prove very valuable. If you need the money to live off day-to-day and you're under 59.5, personal funds could work. If the investment may generate tons and tons of losses, personal funds could work. If you think you're going to hit a home run in 10, 15 years or 5, 10 years, and you don't need the money right away, the Roth makes a whole lot of sense, right? Even if you gotta convert from pre-tax to Roth, pay tax at the current value of the retirement account, and reap the rewards tax-free in a Roth. So the Roth is a very important chess piece that you can play properly. If you're a chess master or an IRA master, you will know how to move these pieces around the chess board and make yourself super tax efficient. So again, I want, it's important that people understand there's something called ordinary income tax, which you pay when you work and provide services and get paid for your services. And then a lot of people don't realize that capital gains, there's a short term and long term. So let's take the example of Bitcoin. If you're investing in Bitcoin, most people invest in Bitcoin as a long term asset play. People aren't using Bitcoin to go out and buy a hamburger or a, a soda. They're using it to save and to have... Access or to an emerging asset class. A Roth IRA is the best way to buy Bitcoin because if you're going to hold it for many years, then might as well lock in the potential tax free growth, especially if you're getting close to 59 and a half. You're in your 50s. You, you may want to wait five, 10 years. Buy it in a Roth IRA. Even if you put in four or five thousand bucks, let it sit there. Once you're over 59 and and the Roth's been open five years, if Bitcoin goes from 10,000 to 80,000, you have your tax-free home run. Whereas if you did that in a personal account, you'll pay long-term capital gains. Same if you day trade Bitcoin or other cryptos. Doing it in personal funds, you're gonna pay short-term capital gains, ordinary income tax rates on all your gains. If you did it in an IRA, you'll shelter those gains, you'll defer them. You may still have to pay tax down the road. When you're over 59.5. you pull it out. Or if you pull it out before 59 and a half, tax and 10% penalty, but you're not paying it on every transaction. At least those funds are growing, growing, growing. When you want to pull it out, you pull it out and pay tax, but you're not taxing that investment each time. It's kind of like a toll, right? If you drive on the the highway and each time you cross the street, you got to pay a toll and it sucks you for a dollar each time. Wouldn't it be better to take all your trips, aggregate them, and then only pay that toll when you want to cross the street? It's the same way as thinking of an IRA versus short-term capital gains. Even if you have to pay tax in two years and four years or six years, or even in seven months, it may be better off than paying tax on each trade and each transaction where there's gain because of the ordinary income tax. Uh, Whereas it's better maybe to aggregate because you may have some losses that you can uh, offset, even though you could offset the ordinary losses. You just need to understand and play with those numbers because the tax rates could really reduce the amount you have at the end of the day. So, overall, whether it's capital gains, retirement accounts, retirement accounts do best when you hold them generally to you're over 59 and a half. Capital gains do best when you hold them at least a year. If you are going to hold these assets 5, 10, 15 years, then consider doing it in an IRA or Roth because you can generate tax deferral or tax-free growth. Um, but there's a lot of different variables. The most important things you can do is understand the rules, just like chess master, understanding what each piece on the chessboard does and what each chess piece can move, where they can move, understand how ordinary income works, short-term, long-term capital gains works, how an IRA and a Roth IRA works. Because if you understand how they each work, the rules around them, the tax implications for using them, you can maximize each of their benefits and hopefully become tax-efficient, and make the most tax-efficient investment you can, whether you do it with personal funds or with IRA or Roth IRA funds. So that's, in a nutshell, an ad bit on deferral versus capital gains. Um, an important area that everyone should understand uh, because so much depends on understanding how taxation works. We pay tax each year, we make investments, And whether we hold the investment 10 months, 8 months, or 13 months, it actually could have a huge impact. The same with either making the investments in a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, or or taking a distribution of 56 versus 60, or taking a distribution in the Roth versus pre-tax IRA. All these have potential implications. So again, just wanted to thank you guys for all your support. Uh, Subscribe if you haven't already. This is a newer type of podcast um, Adam Talks is a weekly podcast that really focuses on an alternative take on retirement, investment, and taxation. AdBits is more of a specific deep dive into a self directed retirement topic. And you should also check out my new podcast called Ad Mail, where each week I go through three of the best questions uh, I received from clients of the week prior. And that's a really fun podcast that uh, you definitely need to check out. So. You can p- pick up these podcasts at Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast. Um, subscribe, give it a like, leave a comment uh, in the description. I uh, love hearing from all you guys. Um, stay safe, safe, healthy. Uh, thanks again for listening. Be well and uh, we'll do it again next week. Thanks again.